to A Space for Oddities, a podcast with me, Vincent. And me, Kitty. I've kind of got used to that now. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting it. I hope you keep it up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to see how many different ways I can say my name. That really won't get annoying in the slightest no, of the time. No, that was quite an elongated one. That was a Kitty. <laughs> Questioning it, mm. who am I? Who am I? Like, like a sort of like a Californian, like, are you Katie? Katie, oh my God, are you doing a podcast? <laughs> You're doing a podcast. Oh my God, oh my God, oh so, my God. <laughs> if this Californian proceeds to leave the room, <laughs> we're talking about Comic Sans today. You, you know it, I know it. You might hate it, but uh, I kind of love it. It's the it's the underdog. It's the dark horse. Everyone everyone's like, oh, you know, hey, graphic designers, isn't Comic Sans bad? And it's kind of like, yeah, awful. <laughs> it's probably one of the most famous fonts purely because of the ridicule and the the backlash, mm. but the usage Every, as well. Everybody's used it at some Everybody, point. Everybody, I think, if you asked the common Joe walking down the street, name a font. They would probably say Times New Roman, Comic Sans. I think Comic Sans would probably come first. Yeah. Because Times is, well, the Times, isn't it? That's that's just default on your word processor, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it, well I'll explain later that. Ooh. Maybe it might not have been default for a period of time. Mm. So I'll start us off with a bit of history. Mm. So first designed by Vincent Connor. It's spelled, I would pronounce it Connor, but I believe it's Connor. He's mm. American. Uh, but it's uh, French forename and surname. Um, I am also a Vincent, so I know I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one thing right in this podcast. Well, I, I don't think I need to describe the visuals of Comic Sans. I think everybody would know what that is. But uh, shall I give it a go? Yeah. So, so yeah. imagine that you reach a piece of paper and you need to write your own name, but you've only got a crayon. You'd probably achieve Comic Sans, I would say. It's it's a it's a fun friendly handwritten yeah it's just chill. I was hoping for the alliteration there. We got fun friendly. Fun fam. It's a family font. Oh. It's a fun friendly family friendly font. It's a, like a font for all the family. Um, it's like Green King pubs. It's just a font for for the for fam. family. Yeah. And for being sat next to someone that reeks of fags. Yeah, that as well. I There's think always that's still always that going on in like indoor pubs. <laughs> I'm like, I know you can't smoke in here, but I can't even smell my food. It's like because like, you're, you're smoking like. 10 cigarettes every time you go out that door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, pubs. So, so Comic Sans came about when Vincent Connor? Connor? I'll just call him Vincent. Yeah. It's weird just saying Vincent because it's my own name. It's, <laughs> like, it's quite strange. You made Comic Sans, Vincent. Uh, not well me. So, Vincent made Comic Sans because he was uh, working for Microsoft at the time in 1995 and he saw a a beta program that was um, used to teach people how to use the software. Because at this point in the early 90s, home PCs were kind of a rarity and they were becoming quickly becoming quite more popular. So it, what it was is this thing called Microsoft Bob. Have you, have you seen what Microsoft Bob is? <laughs> Microsoft Bob. Yeah. So Bob was, Bob was a dog. Bob the dog. Bob the dog. I did an eight-year-old make this? Bob. That's what you call everything in Tipping it, it looks Bob. It looks like an eight-year-old's drawing. It's, it's sort of like, um, if you can imagine those early 90s 
like animations <gasps> and it all looks a bit like a comic. Ooh. But the problem was is that Bob had speech bubbles, but he was speaking in Times New Roman. All the text was set in Times New Roman. And he thought to himself, well, Vincent thought to himself, comics don't speak in Times New Roman. Mm. And as a purveyor of comics, he read uh, Watchmen mm. and um, Batman. So he was like, that's not what comics look like. So I need to create a font that's suitable for that. Thus spawned uh, Comic Sans. Pretty pretty cool origin yeah. story. Yeah, well, as, it is as actually go. a comic. It wasn't just like, well, it could be used for comics. It was actually for It was purposely for that. Yeah, yeah. And on, on top of that, it's a bit crap, but he didn't actually make it in time for it to be on Microsoft Bob. So Aww. Microsoft Bob doesn't have any um, Comic Sans on it at all. I know, it's crap, isn't I'm it? I'm not even going to look at Microsoft Bob. Bob, who are you? I'm who not even gonna... are you? Bob, who, what? No. Give me that sans. So, it did find use after that, though. And these are a bit, couple of bits of Microsoft software that I think everyone will know. So I'm going to try the first one, Movie Maker. Oh, give me them transitions. Give me them slides. I'm going to make the funkiest movie. So that was the first place Comic Sans ever appeared. Yes, uh, Was in not just Movie Maker, but Movie Maker 3D. <gasps> 3D? Yeah, so it was this early 3D. It wasn't really full 3D. Essentially, it was word art, but you could make it animate, essentially. <laughs> yep. That presentation is going to be on fire. And so they, they made that and released it, but it didn't sell very well. Mm. So next bit was the release of Windows 95 at the end of 1995. And that came preloaded with two bits of software. Microsoft Publisher, the naughty lad. Internet Explorer, even naughty, and which Comic Sans was a default on both of those. So that's kind of, you can kind of see where it's coming from, where everybody knows it, because when you were starting out on a computer and you wanted to make something, you either stole something off the internet or made it yourself. And with a Microsoft computer, they're your only choices, really. It was default. Yeah, it was. Was it? I would never have thought it was default. They were saying Arial is default. So I don't mean default as in the first option. You were given a, a set of options. Ah. So th- there's a couple of typefaces that you could have as default. Mm. So you had Arial, as you said, as your default, um, easy to read. Mm. They just copied Helvetica. <gasps> oh, I hope we're not going to get done for Arial-based libel now. Oh, God. We're talking about the typographic grapevine. Well, at least we didn't say Arial. That's <laughs> a common misconception. <laughs> the mermaid, Arial. Yeah, exactly. So that would be your, your absolute default. But there was a selection of fonts that it could, like, things like... Uh, Internet Explorer could both read and put other items mm. in. So a lot of people opted to make the default system font just Comic Sans throughout. So you would open up Internet Explorer <gasps> and everything was Comic Sans. Fantastic. What a beautiful landscape. <laughs> it's a, but I feel like it, that's that's where the the knowledge, like everyone's saying everyone knows what mm. Comic Sans is. That's where it comes from. It's because you have these two behemoths of <laughs> mid-90s software and you can just take Comic Sans right out of the box. Mm. And if you're a young, I mean, if you're our age generation, the 20 to 30 category, you're a millennial. Um, you've definitely got an experience with Comic Sans because we were all trying to figure out computers and the internet as like a, a personal device rather than something for large-scale computing. Mm. Like we, we were growing up as computers sort of became mainstream in the home. We really were. We were born... You were born 95 as well, weren't you? I was 94. 94. Oh, you old age pensioner. I know. But, like, we were literally growing up as the internet was growing up. It's crazy. I was thinking about it the other day. It was just like, 
whoa, like we, we literally went from like being little. And do you remember, did you have like that turtle that you could code and yes. it would move? In primary school. Yeah, and now, it, I, mean, I mean, I don't need to tell you about internet and computers, but it's just crazy how much we were literally part of that rapid growth. Yeah, well, I, I suspect we probably, those, those toys were probably just studying how we could understand them and whether there would be tech jobs in the future. Yeah. Because it was just very simple programming. It was mm. go forwards, go left, go right. And my, my primary school... That software for that thing was in Comic Sans. Oh, nice. I've, I've just had like a vision of it now that you spoke about <laughs> You've it. You've had a flashback. Well, I remember when I was I was just going into year seven, so that mm. would have made me 11, and we got broadband at home. It was from a company called Wannadu, <laughs> which I believe are completely defunct now. <laughs> but like ABBA, Wannadu. Yeah. Na, 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 na. Oh, that's Waterloo. Yeah, well, I, I got what you were going for. Yeah. Oh. So it was this, it was this ugly grey box and it had three lights on it. One of them indicated that the power was on. The other one indicated that it was connected to a phone line. Mm. And the third one indicated that there was internet, there was broadband. <laughs> so I sat in the study where this, this router was <laughs> and I just stared at it. And the, when it turned on, when the internet light came on, my parents were out and they were out having tea. So I was being babysat by my older cousin mm. and i was like oh the internet's working so i instantly just jumped on the computer like so what had happened here is that the broadband was active but our broadband package that we were paying for or mm. my parents were paying for should i say wasn't actually active so i ran up like 30 quid worth of dial-up fees <laughs> because i was just like oh my god flash games yes <gasps> flash games and oh. on, on dial-up, downloading like a 12 meg flash game is actually a costly thing <laughs> yeah. if you didn't have the broadband package to support it. Oh, that's fantastic. It was like, do you know, like on early phones when you used to accidentally go on the internet and yeah. it would take it from your pay-as-you-go contract. Yeah, they'd take like two pounds <gasps> off you. And you'd panic because like two quid, that yeah. was like 200 texts. Yeah. Like, no, don't go on the internet. Or like <laughs> if you were really desperate, you went on the internet and you're like, right, I'm going to splurge two quid five minutes of internet on my little nokia yeah i remember like the early phone internet google oh, and how awful it was it was but we loved it we loved it. it i guess i didn't used to google things on the go like i do now oh i don't stop googling i google math questions if i wanted to subtract nine from 23 i'm like right i'll just ask google i'll just google it it's 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 become too much of a commodity really hasn't it flipping heck what would we, what would we what how millennial the reset what would Google, Vincent. <laughs> I know. Oh. Yeah, we, we kind of shown our age here a little bit. <laughs> so I, I wanted to discuss the topic of why Comic Sans is bad. Because mm. everybody's got this pre-heightened idea that, oh, it's terrible. It's naff. And, and it's like, hey, you're a designer. You must hate Comic Sans. Let me, let me corner you in a pub somewhere and <laughs> let me try and relate to your career just by having no yes. real experience in it. So I've had that a lot. But so the main reasons why it's bad are it's informality. Mm. So it's wobbly, it's a little bit rounded, it looks like handwriting, and that is the root cause for the other problems. You've got kerning. So I'm going to explain what kerning is if you don't know. Kerning is the space from one letter to another. So if you were to write the, the word no, the kerning would be the space from the N to the O. And the problem with the kerning in Comic Sans is that although it's been professionally done, because the, the shapes are so irregular... They're never going to fit together like a geometric mm. typeface would. So that that's problem number one, is that you're just never going to get good, neat kerning. Second of that is that the widths of the letter don't change, so it's harder to recognise letters. So when we read, oh. 
we we look at letters and approximate what words are going to be. Yeah. But the problem with Comic Sans is is that the thickness of the letter is the same on all its curves. Oh, I see. So yes. so whereas uh, in other typefaces, if you've got perhaps a serif, which is the ones with the flicks on the bottom, the shoulder of letters is thicker, so you can understand mm. the N. Because say, say you've got a lowercase N, where it bows out, that's the shoulder, and that would be thicker because that's how it would have been written because you would have put more pressure on it as you went oh, around the like corner. Oh, but like a calligraphy pen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's we, through learning language, that's how our brains have learned to recognise mm. those letters. So without that difference in weight, it's harder to read. Perhaps as a large print scale, mm. you could understand Comic Sans perfectly, but you wouldn't read a whole paragraph of it. You couldn't do it at a glance. Like, no. Sort of like, well, there's, there's word things where they sneakily add in an extra word and you don't notice it. Yes. Until they say it at the end because you're just like, oh, shapes, shapes of words, shapes of words. That's what's happening in my brain. That's it. So yeah. the, these reasons why it's bad are also reasons why it's good. And I'll explain <laughs> that in a little bit. <laughs> it's it's a bouncy castle. It's fun. It's family friendly, but I wouldn't want it in my front garden all day. No, it's not. It's not elegant. We see mm. words as being quite a powerful thing. You know, you want to see them illustrated in a nice way in a mm. in a clean typeface or perhaps a dramatic one. But this is so friendly and unassuming that it doesn't really have that prettiness about it. Yeah, yeah. It's not, and I mean, obviously, it depends on your taste, but like. You know, I think we're both right right into our typefaces. Mm, yeah. And, like, you know, like, we are talking about last time Gaddafi's Futura. And, like, you could just get me a letter from Futura, blow it up to A2, and I'd be like, that looks nice. Just as, like, a drawing, like a piece of mark making. Because you know what I mean? Like, art. It's got craftsmanship to it mm. as well. The angles and the lines have all been considered. Whereas this was almost done to replicate handwriting. It was supposed to feel mm. undesigned. And that's part of the reason why you get the old, old age of, oh, designers, Comic Sans, I bet you don't like that. <laughs> Graphic design is my passion. Yeah, you know, exactly. And it's always written in Comic Sans. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly the yeah. kind of... It was great at the start when graphic designers were making those graphics, but I think it's got to the point where it's kind of like, ah, yes, yes, I do know about that typeface. <laughs> I am, hello, fellow children. No, hello, fellow kids. I'm getting all my memes mixed up here now. So I want to discuss why I think it's good. And I think the reason why it's good are all the reasons why I explain why it's bad. Mm. And it's kind of a bit paradoxical um, to say that. But it's good because it's wobbly, it's unprofessional, it's friendly, it's rounded. You could put it in 200 colours and it would make just as much sense as being in one colour. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's associated with being helpful for children to learn to read and adults with learning disabilities. Have you... Well, that was going to be one of my big points, is that... Um... My mum, uh, she works in a mainstream, she works in mainstream schools, but with children with additional needs. Mm -hmm. So that could be a whole variety of things. It could be dyslexia, it could be um, sort of autism spectrum, it could be some learning difficulties, it could just be that parents have not been around to help them read. So anyway, yes, so she teaches and her specialism is sort of reading and writing. Mm -hmm. And she really likes using Comic Sans because of, it looks like handwriting and it's easy to read in some senses because it's handwriting. But the big thing is, is that the letter A looks like how you should write the letter A. So it's a circle with a stem on the side instead of like a swirliness with a belly. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes, I understand it's what It's not saying. like the fancy, fancy A, because you don't want kids to learn how to handwrite that, because that's, well, that's not how you do it, really. It's just a 
an O with a stick next mm-hmm. to it. And she loves Comic Sans because that's one of the few fonts where it's, where it's that. So what you're describing there is what's referred to as a humanist typeface. So a humanist typeface is the typically sans serif, which means they don't have the flicks. Mm. And what it means is that it relates to human outputs of lettering. So you don't have letters that would be hard to draw, like the lowercase g with the, like, you know, like the guardian's lowercase g. You (laughs) You don't have that because you wouldn't draw that naturally. Yes. So it's kind of an argued point whether Comic Sans is humanist at all because it's almost too friendly. It's not considered enough. So, but I've read a lot of things that say that actually it might not be helpful for people with dyslexia. It might be Mm. almost... um, Oh, what's the thing where you are given a sugar pill and you're told it's something and oh, it works? placebo. A placebo. So it's almost a placebo effect that for some people it helps them read better because yeah. they think it's easier to read rather <laughs> than it actually being easy to read. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, I'll pick that back up in a minute. But that, that is one of the points that I've mm, got. That's really interesting. I mean, have you seen the, the new font they've brought out for dyslexia? No, I haven't. It's, it's, it's really wonderful because I think it is like all about... Do you know what you're saying about the weights of different... Um, like all the different pieces and stuff mm. and what I can recall is that to me looking at it it's a bit woo it's a bit woo it's a bit woo but obviously it's like it's been really specifically designed for people with dyslexia to be able to read it more clearly mm-hmm. and then there's the whole thing of um, pastel coloured backgrounds okay. uh, as well is really helpful uh, it's a big thing apparently that really helps I've seen the where you set like the red overlay over letters or the green one and mm. it helps you disseminate the breaks in the words so you don't accidentally read two words together yeah and it's cool how colors can do that well it's because my understanding of that is is that because you expect the paper to be white mm. and if your brain is concentrating on saying why is the paper green <laughs> then you notice the gaps where the green is oh really i think that's the point that's I, really cool i could i could be misunderstanding it but i think that's the point that sounds good though it sounds <laughs> a simple idea that could just really work yeah Hello, listeners. We welcome you back to our pretend pub. That's my pub hubbub, by the way. Oh, okay, yes. Oh, what's what do you say? It's um, it's not cauliflower. There's oh, a, there's um, a fruit or veg that you yes, say. Yes, I've heard this before, where it just sounds like noise. rhubarb. Oh, rhubarb. You say rhubarb. 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 Now I'm gonna do a stock sound. Hold on. Before you do the stock sound, <gasps> what are we enjoying today, Katie? Oh, we are. Well, we're having. I mean, talk about like graphic design is my passion. Mm. This is the graphic designers. Millennial beer of choice, Brewdog, Punk IPA, a classic. The eponymous. The uh, Brewed and Ellen. Actually, yeah, I've just realised that now. It's Ellen. What I thought Ellen? it was maybe that's somewhere because they're in. It's Scottish, isn't it? Yeah. It's definitely Scottish. But they're, what's the city on the east coast? <gasps> and it's the fastest growing city in Europe. Dundee. No, higher. Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Oh, there's there, a lot of oil there, isn't there? Is there? I'm maybe sure that's, that's part of the growth. <laughs> I was yeah. I was told by my father, who, whose opinion I trust, is that Aberdeen is the fastest growing city in Europe currently. Mm, if there's oil. If there's oil. There's oil, there's growth. Right, so. go on. Give should us a stock sound. simultaneous? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Three. Oh, and no, we'll no, go no. on one. Okay. Pull on one. Okay. Three, two, one. Oh, that was oh, such good timing. That was synchronised to Heckington. Hold on, hold on. Worst stock sound ever. I'm getting rid of that little foamy powder and he's choked oh. himself with the stock sound. Oh my sound. goodness. Stock I... sound of man dying. You know sometimes when you open up a fizzy drink and the carbonation goes up the nose? Oh. 
<laughs> oh, it felt like my uh, nose is on Tingletown. Tingletown? <laughs> Choo-choo, want to get to Tingletown, please? Yes, I would sir. like to visit. Please hold this slightly electrocated rod. Is That's just round the corner from Electric Avenue. <gasps> oh. oh. I've heard someone's going to rock down that way. Oh. Baby, I want to be part of that. <laughs> I think it's T-Rex, as we commented before, is it not? T-Rex? No, it's... We're going to rock down it's to... Eddie. <laughs> it's Ed. Eddie. It's Ed. Eddie. It's our Eddie. I'm, I'm going to Google it now, listeners. It's, it's our Eddie. That's all you need to know. It, is it? Oh, no. Oh, no. Eddie Grant. Yes. Wow, it's check you out. T-Rex. The... the, the, the um, um, that was just really. <laughs> that was just some noises. That was me trying to convey my. Um, um, what was I trying to convey? This is why I just made a noise because mm. I couldn't convey what I was trying to convey. <laughs> you see, this is this is definitely like being in the pub, googling stuff and then making strange noises. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. If only we had some like scampy fries. Oh, do you know? I almost got us some salty snacks, but Ooh. I thought the crunching. Might be too too much. The crunching and the munching. Yeah, the crunching and the munching. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. <laughs> Save that for the real pub. Yes. Oh, yes. Can't wait. Hello and welcome back. We uh, we have left the pretend pub now. We're staggering back. And I think we should uh, talk about dyslexia and whether it actually has any real help from Comic Sans. Mm. So has your, has your mum or any of your research told you that perhaps it is actually directly useful for people that suffer with learning disabilities to read and write in Comic Sans? Oh, I think it's so anecdotal, isn't it? It's like, I definitely haven't come across any official studies mm. of anything. And something, like you say, some people think it's, it is and some people think it's placebo and, and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Well, I've, I've looked at an article from TES, which I believe stands for Teach Every Student. Ah. Teach Every Student, I believe, are a union... For teachers, oh. I think that's what they are. But all I know is that is that they're quite a trusted um, body for things like research in education. And I had a look at an article and a, a paper they wrote about whether Comic Sans actually helps. And a both a design lecturer and an educational, um, I don't know, a, a theoretical an I, academic. I, yeah. So uh, an educational academic said that there isn't any direct study that says okay yeah it definitely helps Mm. but what they found is is that because it's so similar to handwriting and it's so not stuffy people that are struggling to read and write see books in serifs they see them Mm. in smart like clean typefaces and they think i struggle with that so they push away from it so the the warm, wobbly, roundedness of Comic Sans allows them to feel a little bit more comfortable with the words. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't feel as stuffy. Because it, even down to... Like, I love reading. And, you know, I've got to the point in my life where I can actually identify the font that I'm reading, which is really sad. <laughs> Perhaps not all the time, but a lot of the time, especially if a book is set in a typeface that often books aren't set in, I'm like, yeah. oh, I know what that you is. Think, oh, hello. But... When I've been in situations where I've felt like, oh, this is a bit stuffy, and I've found that one outing where it's like, oh, it's a little less stuffy than I thought it was, especially with design. Mm. Look at all these designers that designed catalogues for, I don't know, wrenches. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, it's really clean and it's really nice. And then we get introduced to Snask, 
mm. who are a Swedish design agency that make everything bright pink and explosions and laser nipples. I was like, this is great. This is what I'm looking for. They have fun. They have a lot, a lot of fun. So I think what they're trying to suggest in these um, research projects is that actually the letter forms themselves aren't any easier to read than any other letter. But the difference is, is that it's not uh, confrontational for the mm. for the student, whether that's a child, whether that's an adult with a learning disability, especially dyslexia, it actually helps them because they're like, okay, uh, I've got this placebo effect of I'm being told it's better for me and it's better for me because I don't relate it to other things I've struggled with in the past. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's cool, And I think it's it? worth noting as well, like, the, the, the differences of, of, say, having a person with dyslexia versus a person with a sort of a learning disability as well there's different ways the brain is wired and i think mm-hmm. there's a lot of i just wanted to say like just the semiotic semiotic semantic maybe not semantic actually but just making sure there's the di- sort of realizing the difference between say having dyslexia and perhaps having a learning disability well i think as well. technically dyslexia is classed as a learning disability is uh, it learning difficulty oh because there's know. a big difficulty there's oh. a big difficulty between them, I Is do there? believe. Perhaps I, I've misunderstood. It's it, it's a bit of a it's one of them where it's <laughs> I mean, I work with people with learning with people with autism and people with learning disabilities, but all the terminology it's so changing. Like sometimes like neurodivergent I've never even heard that. Is is a pretty is a nice sort of way of saying things now, because that also does cover mental health. Right, okay. Uh but just the terminology of, of saying, right, is, is dyslexia a learning disability? Wow. Right. Is it? I don't think it is. What a, what a minefield. Yeah. And as a person without dyslexia, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm saying this. this. It is this. You are dyslexia. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you do, if you are listening to this and you have a disability or instead you have a difficulty, whether whichever category that fits yeah. under. Or you're neurodivergent. Un- understand that I'm just an ignorant person with a microphone. <laughs> And I do not do not mean you any harm. That should be the podcast tagline. I did just I know it's maybe just me being a pedantic ass, but I did was like You've got right. to be aware of these things. Yeah, in your, in your I just line thought it was just work. worth mentioning. We were talking about dyslexia quite a bit in this episode, so it was just sort of like, right, okay. It's worth noting. It's that worth noting. We're not we're not experts on the field and it's worth noting that perhaps we've got something wrong here. Yeah. And things are always changing and always open to learn and mm. you know, it's sort of just like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? So could I perhaps Grab you by the wrist and escort you to the oddity section. The oddity section. We, you seem to have embodied James Brown there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Living in America. This is me doing karate also. Yeah, perhaps perhaps that's what James Brown was trying to do. Yeah, maybe. Trying to live out his karate fantasies. <laughs> he was trying to do some self-defence. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, the amount of drugs he'd done in his life, he was perhaps protecting himself from things people couldn't see. You could see the bats, yeah. It's like, this is bat country. He's like, <laughs> 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 trying to protect his band from the bats. <laughs> Get oh, away from my drummer. What a hero. So, have you heard of CERN? C-E-R-N. Are those the people who keep the seeds in a big bank? Yes. They're, Is it? They're, they're part of that. Oh. I, I think they are anyway. <laughs> do you know what the Large Hadron Collider is? I do. They put uh, very small things very quickly together. Okay. So 
Uh, these these things are huge scientific mm. advances, aren't they? So if you look back in our history, if you looked back on uh, this time, it was 2012 that the Hadron Collider was in the newspapers. Oh, what a year, 2012. I know. If you if you look back on that 50 years, I reckon the Hadron Collider and the Higgs boson would s- still be quite relevant. Yeah. I would su- suspect it'd be something for the history mm. books. Yeah. So they w- what they were doing is they forced small atoms... Around a sphere, or was it? No, it wasn't was a it sphere. A donut? Was it, yeah, it was a donut shape, and they forced them to collide. Mm. And this this was under many names, but it was referred to as Higgs boson because they're the two scientists that theorized it in the sixties, I believe. The sixties. Yeah. So you might be looking. Well, you might be thinking, how does this have anything to do with Comic Sans? It's getting quite fun. So what they were trying to do is they were trying to discover what they referred to as the God particle. That was it, yes. Yes, and the fear was that by trying to create this God particle, they could accidentally create a black hole. Yeah, everybody was up in arms. Because they wanted to smash two atoms together to understand how the universe was created. So this is a huge scientific advancement. And when you want to document that scientific advancement, what typeface <laughs> would you would you perhaps use? I want a very um, formative academic... Let's see where this is going. I want a very formal academic, a smart... Yes. Would you perhaps say that the best way for this large <laughs> governing body of scientific advancements to announce formally to the scientific community at large that... The best way to announce it and show it to everyone is a PowerPoint with multiple colours entirely in Comic Sans. They've been a Windows Movie Maker. They've got the slides. They've got Word (laughs) Art slashing in, coming in, saying, God Particle. It's... What? It's it's incredible. Ah, That's brilliant. Something so enormous in human history could just be... okay. Comic Sans, that's the best way to do it. That's bloody brilliant. Now, I've got an image of it here, and that doesn't really help audio listeners, but I'm going to share it with Katie just quickly. Wow. So it looks like if you were in year eight, but you also had the brain of a 50-year-old scientist, you know, you've got your year eight brain making the presentation, but your 50-year-old scientist knows what a... All of the, what the, those things are. Well, on this wow. on this one particular slide, which was one of the worst offenders, the background <laughs> is what I can only describe as muck spreading green. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that are four images of highly scientific data, which are cross sections of the Hadron Collider, and they're explaining how the God particle <laughs> is created. But they're very small and outlined in red on top of this slurry green. <laughs> and then below that. It's talking about the status of the standard model. So the standard model, to my understanding, is um, the law of physics as we understand it today. Oh. So they're literally, in this, in this document with just Comic Sans, slurry green and bright red, are literally trying to debunk our own understanding of physics. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's so beautifully presented. Yeah, they, they even have this section here, which is underneath a bright yellow heading with black text. <laughs> it says, using the full data sets recorded in 2011 at and the function S equals 7 TeV and 2012 at function S equals 8 TeV colon up to 10.7 FB to the power of minus 1. To the power of minus 1, though. I don't forget that. I, I mean... What? 
I feel like anybody that can understand this would also understand that Comic Sans is not the right use here. It's 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 unusual. I mean, how much budget do you think this project had? Do you think they had a spare like grand just to like give all this information to designer and say, right, this is going this isn't yeah. just our research notes, this isn't just in house office notice board, right, we're having a cup of tea at two o'clock. Come along and we'll talk about particles. This is to the world. Well, this is this is part of the reason why I kind of love Comic Sans for this because this has clearly been created by a scientist, mm. and the scientist has no direct desire for design or how something looks visually on the outlook. As long as their information gets across as brightly and as boldly as they need it to, then the design of it is completely irrelevant. Yeah, and I love that Comic Sans was gone to for that. They were like, right. <laughs> I need everyone to understand what I'm trying to say about the standard model of physics. I need all these images, and I need it to be bright. So they just went, Comic Sans, that's great. That'll do. And I think, I think that's why I think Comic Sans is great and not hideous, because even people with the most expanded understanding of how our universe was created and operates look to Comic Sans to say... Yeah, this is nice. Yeah. Uh, whereas the wider community can be snobby and say, no, no, I think it's ugly. The, some of the smartest people around that are trying to understand literally our existence are like, yeah, comic science, yeah, that makes sense that to me. That goes right. That, that'll, that'll be right for us. Oh, no. It's, yeah, it's almost not to be patronising to comic science now, but it's got that sort of charm to it now yeah. where it's sort of, when it's used unironically in the wrong place, it's sort of just like... It's kind of cute. Yeah, it? it is. It's, it's nice. If if Futura, as you mentioned before, was a whippet, this you know, Comic Sans is a Labrador. <laughs> oh, oh, it is. Oh, it is. It really oh, is, isn't it? Oh my goodness. Oh no, I'm just thinking of all the fonts and, and what the, dog breeds they are. And Labradors are kind of lovable because <gasps> they're a bit stupid, yes. but there's nothing directly ugly or horrible about them. Yeah, they're kind of just that. They're kind of the vanilla of the dog world. <laughs> they're just dog. Yeah, they are. They are the embodiment of the word dog, as we understand it. I say dog. I say dog. You say Labrador. Dog. Chien. Oh. 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 You threw me off. Labrador. Dog. Labrador. Dog. Labrador. Okay, right, okay. We're hyped enough now. (laughs) I've had to hand in my notices, the hype man for this podcast. (laughs) You're going to get bloody disciplinary as well. Bloody hell. No hype. So... Uh, as I as I slowly quiveringly hand over my notice to Katie, <laughs> quiveringly, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to sign off this podcast and I'm going to say Comic Sans is great and the oddity of Comic Sans is that even scientists think it's great. It's cool. Let's bring it back. Let's it's bring cool. it back. And not and not in an ironic way. No. In a genuine. It's cool. You you can quote me on this as I as I finish this off. I'm going to say Comic Sans will be on designer garments in the next ten years. Yeah. It's gonna make. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be made cool. I'm certain of it. All art and design is in circles and yeah. cycles, circles and cycles, crop circles. It, yeah, the we a- called the it. Aliens we called it. Even like the aliens it. love it. Have you seen their probe instruction manuals? All in Comic Sans. <laughs> All in Comic Sans, pal. We was here. We're, we're gonna claim it. We're gonna. Put, should we put our little flag in the ground and say yes? Comic Sans for the future. We're calling it. Yes. Big style. Right. Well, I feel... I was some interesting gubbins there. Mm. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> what, what a sign-off. Cheers. Bye. Bye. See you later, pal. 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 <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.